Ho, 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 ho. Merry Christmas, children. <laughs> well, Merry Christmas and uh, Happy Holidays and Happy New Year and well wishes uh, from this half of the Culture Jacked team. This is the Friday Show. Welcome uh, back to the Culture Jack podcast. My name is Dustin. I'm the host of this particular show during the week. Uh, we've got several shows, but this one is mine. And it's it's Christmas time. It's the end of the year. And so it's time for you to enjoy those wonderful holiday movies. If you did not get a chance to listen to the most recent episode of The Weekend Wire, Anthony gave you some pretty dang good suggestions uh, about maybe some holiday movies that you'd forgot. Maybe they'd they'd been collecting dust in the closet somewhere, or maybe you don't even have a copy of them anymore and you enjoyed them as a child and would like to go back to them. Uh, so I, I really do recommend that you check out that episode and maybe some of those movies. For me, my holiday movie is a relatively new one. Uh, it's called Fat Man with Mel Gibson. <laughs> and I know he's a terrible person. Like in, in my heart of hearts, I know he is not a good good person and anti-Semite and a bigot and all of all of that. But the Fat Man movie to me is a, well it's a it's a relatively new tradition for me because it just came out last year this episode though we're not here to talk about fat man specifically we are here to talk about uh for our second time in a row our our second annual of the year podcast and so that of course is the show of the year the movie of the year and the game of uh, of the year last year in 2020 we did both Anthony and myself separately select our own uh, show movie and game of the year. And he, I think he added an extra category. He added a documentary of the year as well, which I, I did watch, I think, one documentary this year. But I'm going to add an extra category this year. But I'll let you find out what that is in the show. Now, before we get started, if you have not already subscribed and left a review for this podcast, oh man, it would just... Like, if you were looking for that perfect Christmas gift to get uh, for us, that's it. Give us a subscription. Give us a, a review. Uh, don't give us a subscription. Not like to Nintendo Power or anything. God, that magazine's old. It's not even around anymore. Subscribe to this podcast. Is what, what I'm trying to say is I enjoy the time that we spend together. And if you subscribed... You would be you'd be pinged, you'd be notified, and you'd be updated whenever we gave new podcasts to the digital world, which is what we're doing. What we're doing here, as a reminder, uh, last year my 2020 show of the year was Utopia on Amazon, I believe, and my movie of the year was uh, Palm Springs with Andy Samberg, and my game of the year was Ori and the Will of the Wisps. Mm. So good, and in in choosing. My of the years this year, my my of the year awards, I I noticed that I don't have a maybe a consistent theme going, at least for my taste. I'm, I'm finding that my taste is a little bit more eclectic than what I thought it would be. So I, I, I thought <laughs> I granted the shows are different. The movies are different going into this year. But I thought that my of the years would be pretty similar and they're very different. They're very different. So it would seem. And so last year was our first year doing this, where we selected these awards. 
And it was more of an afterthought. Like we had a, a regular show on top of it. Um, and then we just came in and said, oh, by the way, these are uh, what we'd like to award as the best and the greatest of the whole of 2020. So this year, I'm not doing it as an afterthought. I'm not waiting until the the last episode of the year. I am doing it on Christmas Eve. All, all through the, the house, everything was quiet as a mouse. Man, I nailed that little Christmas jingle, didn't I? So... This is my 2020 year game, movie, show, and surprise award of the year. So I like to start with movies. Now, the way that I do the way that I do this list is going to be different than the way that normal <laughs> normal organizations, I guess you could call us an organizations, Culture Jack Limited. I don't know what we are. This is going to be different than the way normal organizations do their their yearly or their annual or their big awards in that I am not going to consider every piece of the medium that came out this year. I'm not going to look at every single movie that was showcased in 2021. I'm not going to look at every game that was released this last year. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a list of the shows, movies, and games that stood out to me that were very exceptional to me. And then of that list, you can kind of tinker in your own brain to, to see maybe what you like the most or what you think I would like the most as, you know, we've been getting to know each other over these last three years. And then of those, I will choose my favorite of the year. So let's get started. This does stand a very strong potential to be a very long podcast. So the movies that I watched this year, and I'll try not to go into too much detail into each because sometimes when I do list type things, I, I get off, off track. Maybe I get, um, distracted a little bit and my intention is not to do that. So I watched Venom, let there be carnage. Very recent, an excellent movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, by a, a critic standard, maybe not the greatest, but by mine, I really enjoyed it. I really liked it. I watched free guy with Ryan Reynolds, most recently red notice on Netflix. It was all right. I'll tell you right now, that was not my not my movie of the year. Free Guy was surprisingly good, though. I didn't think Free Guy was going to be that good. The Little Things with Denzel Washington and Jared Leto. No Time to Die, the most recent James Bond adventure. Godzilla vs. Kong. If you recall, a few podcasts ago, I talked about some of these movies. I had been... I had been binging the Godzilla movie and Godzilla movies and the Kong movies with my son because he was really interested in Godzilla versus Kong. So we binged all of those and the lead up to God Godzilla versus Kong. And it was very good. I love a good monster fight movie, mortal Kombat, Maybe not the best. Yeah, I guess it probably was the best representation of it. The game to, to screen adaptation of that particular franchise. Uh, but still there's some big misses in that one. Luca, a DreamWorks joint, Raya and the Last Dragon, uh, another one from Disney. That was a that was a great movie, by the way. Uh, then we get into some Disney movies. Legitimately, we got Shang Chi, Eternals, and Black Widow this year. Now, if I had to rank these three separately from my my top my best of the year rankings, I would rank them. Uh, let's see, I would probably go. 
uh, Shang-Chi, Eternals, then Black Widow. And the only reason I would rate Black Widow last, not that I need to justify my my ranking system, is because it didn't fit in the timeline where it was supposed to be. I, I think it would have been more impactful elsewhere. Although Black Widow did set up some really cool stuff that we're now seeing in the Eternals, not the Eternals, <laughs> excuse me, that we're now seeing in Hawkeye, which Anthony covered on Saturday. Oh, by the way, we've got a Christmas present for you as well. You thought we were going to give you nothing. You thought we were going to show up empty handed on Christmas morn. No, absolutely not. Tomorrow, if you look under the tree, you'll be able to see a little podcast just for you from Anthony. I mean, it's from Anthony, but like I helped pick it out, you know, so it's like, yeah, he bought the gift, uh, an episode of OTE. But I was there and I said, yeah, that's a good gift to give him. Go ahead and give him that. And then I drank my gin and <laughs> passed out on the bed. I don't know what kind of relationship you guys think that Anthony and I have, but it's not that kind. Uh, then we had the Tomorrow War. That was the Chris Pratt one where he went into the future to fight the war of the future when they could, in fact, you know, to give them some information and intel on the aliens that they were fighting, but they didn't want to do that for, you know, reasons. America, the motion picture, which I'm not going to lie. This was in high contention for one of the best of the year. So good. So good. True story of America. It's on Netflix. You should definitely watch it. If you get, get the opportunity, uh, cherry, that Tom Holland picture where he came back from war, had the PTSD fucked him all up. Then he got addicted to drugs and became a bank robber reminiscence with, with Hugh Jackman, a good concept and one that I really appreciate, you know, going back into people's minds, into their memories, into what they remember to solve a, solve a mystery. But it was incredibly slow, very slow. A couple kids movies I watched, Tom and Jerry, really good. I really like that, that live action adaptation or that hybrid kind of hybrid kind of movie. And then Clifford, the big red dog, not a huge fan of it, but my daughter, she really loved it. Uh, then boss level. Jungle Cruise, uh, Dune. I love Dune. Dune was so, so freaking good. Space Jam, A New Legacy, uh, Stowaway, and Cruella. And that was just the movies that I have seen. There are some movies, like, there's so much out there. There's so much content. There's so much media out there that you can't possibly consume all of it. You can't have everything and such is the case with this list and my own personal viewing this year like at the time of this recording I'm recording this about a week before uh it releases so this is this is Dustin from a, a week ago hello everyone in the future has society collapsed yet no excellent I'll take another cheeseburger so these are some movies that I haven't yet seen some of them aren't even out at time of recording uh, the number one on the list that I have not seen yet and probably would be in contention for one of my top movies of the year were it not for, you know, my not having seen it yet. I can't possibly give the award to something I haven't seen is Spider-Man No Way Home. And by all accounts, how it is doing so well, the numbers it is pulling from the box office, the review, the critical reception, the commercial reception and the audience reception to this movie is amazing. And I cannot wait. And I had a conversation with Christian really quick and, and he and I were talking and he cannot wait to talk spoilers with me. And I can't wait to talk spoilers with you. But as of now, like I said last week, I still haven't seen it. So until you hear me say on this podcast that I have seen Spider-Man No Way Home, 
well, then you can talk spoilers with me, which might be right now, actually. Like, if you listen to the episode yesterday, I'll have recorded that more currently than this one. <laughs> I'm giving away all the secrets of the podcast. Uh, I, I may have reported that I've seen it. And at which case, that is also a Dustin from the future. So if you're listening to this Dustin, the Dustin from the past, and he says he hasn't seen it, but Dustin from the future, the one from the past now yesterday said that he has seen it, well then go ahead and spoil the Dustin from the past because the future Dustin knows better even though he's technically in the past. If all that makes sense. I'm sure it does. Nobody I wanted to see with Bob Odenkirk. Don't Breathe 2. I still haven't seen Don't Breathe 1. The Green Knight. The Witcher Nightmare of the Wolf. Which is a anime spinoff on The Witcher. On Netflix. Uh, Finch. Even though I cannot stand Tom Hanks as an actor. And this may come as a surprise to many of the listeners here. Because I don't know anyone else that loathes Tom Hanks like I do. I know someone that loathes Will Ferrell, but that's, they're wrong. <laughs> Will Ferrell is a treasure. Uh, Tom Hanks is in Finch, though, so like a robot dog or something. I, I'm interested in it. Ron's Gone Wrong, an animated feature with a robot, like a home home assistance robot that's, well, his circuitry's all messed up and he's not acting the way that he, the way that he should. Encanto, another Disney picture, and that's the one where the whole family has magical powers. But the main character, our protagonist, does not have magical powers. And then something goes on with their magical powers. So they really depend on the protagonist, the young girl, to uh, help everybody out. Infinite with Marky Mark Wahlberg. I don't have Paramount Plus, so I didn't see that one. The Last Duel I did not see. Though this one apparently is the one that is causing Ben Affleck to rethink his need to ever release a theater movie ever again. I have not seen the Army of the Thieves. Army of the Thieves? <laughs> Fuck, what happened? I have not seen Army of Thieves. I have not seen it's uh, the other movie, the one that released first, Army of the Dead, which I want to see. I have not watched Gunpowder Milkshake, which is one that I was really interested in. Last Night in Soho, Demonic, Candyman, Spiral. That's I think that's the seven prequel. No, it's not the seven prequel. It is the shit. The Saw prequel, sequel, reboot. One of them. It's got Chris Rock in it. I don't know. Werewolves Within, which I, I still have not seen, but Anthony gave very, very high marks to. Stillwater, that's the Matt Damon one, I think, where he's like the roughneck. The Harder They Fall, the cowboy movie, Ghostbusters Afterlight, still haven't seen it, though my wife said it made her cry, and I know she's not a huge Ghostbusters fan, so it's got to be good. And then Matrix Resurrections just came out last week, but at the time of this recording, I still haven't seen that. Sing 2 and The King's Man. Uh, I've got, <laughs> so I did you dirty. When I was making this list, when I was making this list, I wrote out the list of all the movies that I have seen, all of the ones that I have not seen, but that I want to see. And I said, okay, well, you tell me which ones, which ones are going to be in my top, which ones are going to be the of the year awards. And I don't think I listed all of the ones that made it to the top, the tippy top, the cream of cream of the crop. So I'm sorry. That wasn't, that wasn't fair of me. So my top three, Movies. Number three, 
is boss level. I don't know what I liked about boss level so much, but it's just these time looping movies, these time looping scenarios. This one, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, I think was the Edge of Tomorrow was the Tom Cruise one from a few years ago. I love that one as well. I love the anime that it was based on. All you need is kill. I think that was the anime. I always get that wrong. Oh, yeah, because Kill La Kill is the one about the garments, the, the clothes that are alive. But this one was so cool, and it was so well acted, and it was a surprise to me. It was, and you may think it's just because it has Mel Gibson in it as well, and you're going to start questioning my, my moral character, but don't do that. It just happens to have Mel Gibson in it, and don't worry. Spoiler alert for boss level. He, he gets it there in the end. So that was my number three movie of the year. My number two movie of the year is The Suicide Squad by James Gunn, the reboot that just released a couple months ago. It was so good. It was so funny, and it was such a it was such a relief that these characters were redeemed, at least in my eyes, on the big screen. Because they, they weren't meant to, I guess, fight a world-ending thing, although I guess they did in the form of Starro. But they, they, they were nailed. And these aren't like A-list superheroes. These aren't the X-Men. These aren't, you know, Superman and Batman. These are some C-list characters. And so you can just make a true-to-form comic masterpiece that I, I think shrugs off all of the weight of what a comic book movie and a comic book show is supposed to be in this day and age. And I loved it. And I'm very excited for the Peacemaker show uh, next year. So those are my my third and second, uh, I do have a couple runners up, but before that, I'm very surprised that there were no MCU movies in my top three. Like, I surprised myself going into this. Now, that could have changed had I seen Spider-Man No Way Home and people that are listening to this will be like, well, Dustin, that definitely changed. And so, <clears throat> if Spider-Man No Way Home is as good as people are saying, I will adjust the list to my number three being The Suicide Squad, my number two being Spider-Man No Way Home, because my number one still beats it. Even if Spider-Man No Way Home is the greatest Marvel movie, I kind of know what to expect going into a Marvel movie. My number one still beats it out, guaranteed. I can hear you being mad about that already. I do have two runners-up that I wanted to include in my list, but they did not make the top three. Uh, Mitchells vs. The Machines. And the Justice League Snyder Cut. I had no expectations going into the Snyder Cut. I was like a four-hour movie. This is ridiculous. But now I want more movies to be longer because you can you can explore a kind of story that you just cannot do in a two-hour film. And so I really enjoyed the Justice League Snyder Cut. Okay. <clears throat> now, the Culture Jacked Friday Show movie of the year are you ready is dune so i really enjoyed dune and i think i've gushed about it before on the podcast i did a ote on dune talking about you know where where it's going what the characters are like the thing that i liked about dune and i haven't been i haven't been sucked into a like a sci-fi epic i don't think ever I do remember getting sucked into a like, high fantasy epic in, in the form of like Game of Thrones. But, you know, Star Wars never did the things that Dune did for me. Um, Guardians of the Galaxy never did the things that Dune did for me. Ender's Game, Blade Runner, none of this stuff 
I don't know what it is exactly, but the way that it's shot, the way that the little sparkles of sand flit across the scene, the way the character's eyes stand out, and I think that I think that's exactly it. Of course, it was well acted and it was well written, albeit for only half of the story, which it, it was split into two parts, and the second part, thank goodness, was already greenlit. But I think the thing that draws me to it the most is just the scale of it. It feels real. It feels big. It feels massive. And it feels just, I don't know, it feels tragically Shakespearean. It's its a beautiful movie. And if you have not seen Dune, I know it's not in the movie theaters anymore, which is where I would have loved to see it, but did not. I watched it on HBO Max. I will be going to the theater to see the second part of Dune whenever it comes out. So best movie for the Friday show is Dune for 2021. And that's not to say 2022 is going to be any less exciting. So what I've done this year, and I, I see that I'm already I'm already at 2021 20, minutes. So it is going to be a long episode. Buckle up, and if you can't if you can't enjoy if you can't eat this entire meal all in one sitting, uh, listen to the podcast all in one sitting. Take a break. Go for a drive. Go play a round of golf. Go beat Super Mario Brothers three, and then come back. And finish off the podcast. So I do have some movies that I'm looking forward to in 2022. Uh, I'll go through these pretty quickly. But my most anticipated movies for this upcoming year are Morbius coming out January 28th. Uncharted on February 18th. Rumble coming out on February 18th as well. What the hell was Rumble? Strike that. I'm not interested in seeing Rumble at all. Because I should be able to say the name and then... And then conjure up a vision of what it is in my head. So, not Rumble. The Batman coming out on March 4th. Sonic 2 just announced coming out April 8th. This one, if you follow us on Facebook, Anthony put up a post uh, <laughs> of the movie or the, the movie trailer of this one. It's The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. It's the Nicolas Cage movie that's like a movie about Nicolas Cage, but at the same time, it's like a fictional story about Nicolas Cage. That comes out April 22nd. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes out May 6th. Now, I've seen online that there is a Doctor Strange trailer out there, but it's my understanding that it also shows up at the end of Spider-Man No Way Home, and the reason it does that is because there are massive spoilers for Spider-Man, and so I don't want to watch it yet, but I do want to watch it because I'm very excited. That comes out May 6th. Lightyear, the animated movie about the the live action the not live action the real life astronaut guy who inspired the Buzz Lightyear toy and i think that's chris evans chris evans is yeah chris evans has got to be the lightyear guy uh, minions rise of gru coming out on july 1st oh lightyear comes out on june 17th by the way i like the minions movies i think they're adorable they're cute they're always always good for a laugh Thor Love and Thunder comes out July 8th. Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of Dumbledore, even though we hate J.K. Rowling and she's a terrible person for sure. That comes out July 15th. I am still looking forward to that just because I like a, I like a spectacle. You know what I mean? Black Adam coming out on July 29th. Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse Part 1, October 7th. Oh, I'm looking forward to that. The first Spider-Verse was so good. The Flash is supposed to come out on November 4th, but this one, if we'll all remember, has been delayed, delayed, and delayed. 
So it may be delayed again. Black Panther Wakanda Forever comes out November 11th. I'm very excited to see what they're going to do with that character. All indications that Feige and other people within that industry, within that organization have made, say that, or, or they're, they're kind of looking like they are going to have a T'Challa from another universe at some point, which is another reason why I'm very excited about the Spider-Man movie and about um, the Multiverse of Madness as well. That comes out November 11th, though. We'll have to see what happens with Shuri as well. She's making some waves over there at Marvel, and rumors are that she may be giving up her spot in the MCU. So we'll have to see how that all settles out as well. Avatar 2 comes December 16th of next year. And you know what? I don't care. <laughs> okay, I know the big one is the highest, uh, the big one. The first one is the highest grossing movie of all time, even to beat out Avengers Endgame. But I just, the, the, the place we are in the pandemic right now, I mean, we'll have to see where we are next year. And I guess Spider-Man No Way Home is making big bucks at the box office. So maybe theaters are back, baby. I don't know if they're back to Avatar uh, 1 2010 levels, but, but they're back. Strange World on November 23rd. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom on December 16th. And the Mario movie. Yeah, you know the one with Chris Pratt and Jack Black. And uh, who's the other guy? Who plays Luigi, Charlie Day? Oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. And that's coming out December 21st of next year. All right, all right. Enough about movies. Nobody cares about movies. I know since I said it at the beginning of this episode, all you've been able to think about is what this secret category of award that I'm going to give here on the Friday Show Culture Check Podcast of the Year Awards. Well, I'll tell you. It is the Anime and Manga Award, the best anime and manga of the year of year 2021. Uh, so I'm going to start just like I did with the movies and tell you the ones that I watched or read. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen. Saw that one on HBO Max. If you have not watched Jujutsu Kaisen, I, oh man, I couldn't give it a higher commendation. Uh, but, but check it out on HBO Max. Take a look. Um, at least give it two episodes. If you're not hooked on it by two episodes... I don't know what to tell you. Demon Slayer, Kometsu no Yaiba, a wonderful show as well. I still haven't finished it, but I've been watching it. I recently picked back up with my son a anime that I watched years ago. I mean, I'm talking so much so that the aspect ratio is still not in HD widescreen. It is, it's in like the old box television is the way the the original aspect ratio is for this show. It's Katayako Reborn. It's about this worthless kid. They call him Worthless Suna. And he is approached by a member of the mafia who also happens to be a baby who has just told this kid, Suna, that he is going to be the 10th boss of the Vongola crime fam family in Italy. Amazing. I can't recommend it enough. It, although, all, I, all I've been able to find it in is in subtitles, uh, so I don't think all of it has been dubbed. And then also, uh, the first, I want to say 30, 40 episodes are real slow going, so you have to be like a powerful watcher of anime to make it through Reborn, or at least until it gets good. Hunter x Hunter, I picked that back up. I watch it with my kids, and I know what you're saying. It's very violent. It is, and so I do a good deal of 
pausing, fast forwarding, turning them around, making sure that they're not exposed to, you know, stuff that they don't need to have their childhood ruined with. But it's a very good show. Uh, Mushoku Tensai, I talked about that recently. Uh, Kabanari of the Iron Fortress, very good. One Piece, I watched a few episodes of One Piece. And before the One Piece fans get on and say, you should really watch the rest of it, I've seen all of One Piece. And what I haven't seen, I've read. So get off my back. I'm a huge One Piece fan. I was just watching some of the earlier episodes for a kick to just have something on in the background. And they're they're amazing. They're so, so good. Way of the House Husband on Netflix. Anthony, Anthony, if you're listening to my list, if you're, you're listening to the anime I've watched and the manga I've read, I need you to watch this show. This is so perfect. Just watch the first episode, man. You'll be hooked. You'll love it. And then JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Not the new episodes of JoJo, but I've been catching up with JoJo. I just, <laughs> I've talked about it. It's, it's fun. It's weird. I finished reading the manga Chainsaw Man, and it's so good. Uh, they are coming out with a new Chainsaw Man anime by Studio Mappa sometime next year. I think I want to say it was summer next year. Anyway, it's going to be amazing. It, <laughs> if you're not a fan of manga, wait till this anime comes out and it will make you a fan of at least this anime. And then ongoing every week, every two weeks, I get another chapter of One Piece, which is an ongoing manga. It has surpassed a thousand episodes and, you know, we're beyond that in the manga, of course, as well. So I continue to read that. And so that brings me to my anime and manga of the year. A drum roll, please. <laughs> I don't know how I did the first drum roll. Uh, it's One Piece. Congratulations to Ichiro, Ida, uh, <laughs> Ichiro Oda. Is that Oda? Yeah, it is. Congratulations uh, to Ichiro Oda on your uh, con your marvelous victory. I don't know why I fumbled that so much. <laughs> One Piece is my anime and manga. I, I'm just I'm joking, of course. I tried this joke last year with Unico, and I'm trying it again with One Piece. So in second place, the real anime of the year is Jujutsu Kaisen. It's so good. Uh, I do want to make a commitment. I know it's the end of the year. It's not uh, a New Year's episode. It's not a New Year's Eve episode. This is my Christmas Eve episode. I, I said Merry Christmas, right? I must have. Happy holidays. Happy New Year. Um, I want to make a commitment. I want to make a New Year's resolution to watch more anime next year. Because as I was putting this list together, I realized... I haven't watched a lot of anime this year and I want to watch it by, I think I'm going to try and watch it by quarter by studio because there's so much to watch. I'm never going to get through everything that I want. So if I, if I narrow my scope down simply by studio, you know, studio Mappa, uh, studio trigger, madhouse, stuff like that. And chainsaw chainsaw man comes out next year. So I'm very excited uh, about that. I, I can't, <laughs> I, I looked up, you know, what anime is coming out next year to find, you know, stuff that I'm excited about, but I just don't know. I'm so out of touch with anime. That's why I need to get back into it. I need to reconnect with my inner otaku and watch more anime. All right. On to the series of the year. This one was pretty contentious. I did watch more series than I had imagined. Uh, did you like my, my bonus uh, award, by the way. So the series that I watched this year 
I'm currently watching, I'm on episode three of Wheel of Time. It's very good. A lot of people are saying, is this the replacement to Game of Thrones, albeit with you know, more magic than tease dragons once every four episodes. And, and I'd say, yes, it probably is. It has found a widespread popularity. It is so, so good. I watched Ke Cowboy Bebop. Anthony said it was canceled on Weekend Wire. And, you know, I'd be fine with that if that weren't true. And he was just telling a lie. But it has been canceled, which is a shame because we did not even see Radical Ed. Until the very end, spoilers for Cowboy Bebop season one, I guess the uh, premiere season and the final season of Cowboy Bebop, it just had so much potential. There was so much there that we could do with it, and it was a good adaptation. It was one that mainstream audiences could enjoy while still remaining faithful to a lot of the source material in the anime and the manga. Oh, well, say la vie, I guess. Super Crooks, watched a couple episodes of that. It's uh, part of the Millar verse. Same with Jupiter's Legacy. That one got canceled. And that one I'm, I'm okay with being canceled. I didn't, I, listen, I'm an adult. When I want my, my fantasy, my comic book heroes, I don't want Power Rangers anymore. I want Cowboy Bebop. That's what I want. Shadow and Bone, I watched. Uh, WandaVision. Oh, we, yeah, this was the year. This was year, the year we had all of the Disney Plus shows premiere on Disney Plus. So we had WandaVision. We had, shoot, what else did we have? We had uh, Loki. We had What If, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and then most recently Hawkeye. Uh, I watched Star Wars Vision on uh, Visions on Disney Plus as well. Very good. Yasuke on Netflix. That was very good. Modoc on Hulu. I don't know that it was very good, but I did watch the whole thing. <laughs> it gave me some good laughs. Sweet Tooth. I think they're getting a season two for Sweet Tooth. The latest season of Rick and Morty. I watched that this year. Masters of the Universe Part One and Part Two. So so good. What a what a hair-raising, nostalgia-burning event that was. Brought me back to my childhood. I watched the final season of Castlevania this year. God, this was a good year for, for television series. I watched the final season of Castlevania. I cannot recommend it enough. If you have not seen uh, the, the whole series, any of the series, all the series, the rest of the series, I would recommend you get, get into it and check it out. I started watching Centaur World on Netflix. It's an interesting one. Alice in Borderlands season one. And now this one cracks me up because there's a lot of people that got really infatuated with Squid Game at the end of this year and are kind of new to this battle royale concept, to this uh, gamified life or death situation. But those of us that have been watching anime for a long time are very familiar with this concept. Like Alice in Borderland does it. The old Royal Rumble games, which, uh, no, it's not Royal Rumble, it was Battle Royale, which were, I think, the inspiration to the Hunger Games. Like, we've seen this over and over in anime. So if you really enjoyed Squid Game, there are a lot of other foreign films that tackle this very unique concept as well. So Alice in Borderlands season one, I watched. They're getting a season two. I'm very excited about that. And that brings me to my lone documentary that I watched this year. And it was Q, Into the Storm on HBO Max. And 
I, this isn't like a conspiracy theorist podcast, uh, but there was a conspiracy theory going around with this Q on the on the internet. He was on different different Reddit sub forums or subreddits. He was on 4chan and 8chan, and he was rousing up all of these deep seated conspiracies that people would just latch onto and they'd be wild because he'd make these predictions and many of them would be wrong, but some of them would be right. And that was enough for like this horde to latch onto. And so this reporter, this journalist decided that he was going to unmask this mysterious character Q and find out who he is and what he was about, you know? And so he went and he, you know, talked to all of these moderators on Reddit and 4chan and 8chan and eventually got connected with the the creators of these different websites and narrowed down. I'm not going to spoil it. You go watch it. He unearths who Q is and what his intentions were behind the whole conspiracy theory of Q. So it's Q into the storm on HBO Max. I think it was on HBO Max. Might have been on something else, but it, it was it was very good. OK, so here's some series that I have not seen yet, but I want to. That came out in 2021. And this list is going to continue growing because there's going to be so much more in 2022 that this these things will get pushed further and further into my back catalog. But MacGruber, The Witcher Season 2, which just came out. I haven't watched a single episode of that yet. Only Murders in the Building. That's the Steve Martin and Martin Short and Selena Gomez where there's like actual murders and they, they all team up to solve them. It's supposed to be very, very good. The Bad Batch. I am delinquent in a lot of my Star Wars material. I don't even know if I want to watch it, but the book of Boba Fett also came out this year. I haven't seen it yet. And then finally, a show that I haven't seen. And I only feel like I want to see it out of obligation, but it's Tiger King 2. <laughs> I got obsessed with that show like many of us did during the beginning, during the beginning of the pandemic. Okay. So here's my top three series for this year. Coming in at number three is it surprised me as much as it surprises you is Hawkeye. Now, Anthony's been doing a great job covering these on the, um, on the, on today's episodes that we do on Saturdays where we review and recap a show. In fact, Tomorrow is going to be his last recap because it's going to be the last episode of Hawkeye, which at time of recording, I have not yet seen, but at time of publishing, it'll happen a couple days ago. So you guys get to know what big things happened in the finale. Uh, Hawkeye was my number three. It was so emotional. It was so impactful. And it was a lot more character development than I ever thought that I wanted or needed from Hawkeye from Clint Barton. But I got it and I got, you know, a show like that has no right to have such an emotional impact while at the same time delivering continuity, uh, solidifying, uh, multiverse codifying, Easter egg finding kind of impacts within the whole show. And so Hawkeye gets my number three spot. Number two, my second uh, highest rated series of the year is Squid Game. Now, I mentioned it before, but Squid Game had a huge cultural impact. And I mean, we are culture jacked after all. But internationally, people fell in love with a foreign film or a foreign series like they have not in the past. And I know this this might sound weird, but 
I didn't know I'd like this one as much. Even though I talk about how much I like anime and those kind of genres as well, this one, I mean, it hit you with a gut punch. Yeah, granted, at the end, the <laughs> the wealthy elite were a little campy for mine and everyone else's tape, take, but... You know, that's that's how it goes. It was a great game, had a good, engaging story. I don't know how they're going to do season two effectively and have it have that same gut punch that Squid Game had. All right, and just like the movies, uh, I got a couple of runner up runners up here before I get into my best show of the year. The first runner-up was Invincible. That show was so damn good. I mean, it was a cartoon but it had such a gut punch. Like a spe- I, I don't want to spoil it. If you haven't seen Invincible, fast forward a minute and you'll be fine. Uh, such a gut punch when the revelation came out that Omni-Man was not a good guy. Not just to us, the viewer, at the beginning of the show in the first episode, but near the end of the show when he was talking to Mark how much you know, he, he wasn't impacted by the peoples of Earth and that his his wife of, you know, over over two decades, he looked at her like he would look at a pet. Like it was just, oh, it was gut-wrenching. It was powerful. It was impactful. It was animated well in most parts. And in my, my critique of Invincible, I talk about it as well. The... Animation drops to a point sometimes that is just unbearable to watch. And at that point, it, uh, you know, it, do, it does not deliver on its promise. The other runner-up that I have is WandaVision, the first Disney Plus show, the one right out of the gate that had me fall in love with these shows and know that we are going to be getting some things that are on par with the Marvel MCU movies in these shows. Uh, I loved her interaction with Vision, even the Vision she created. It was so emotional. It was so raw. And we got to see a closer look at these characters. And that's what I love about these Disney Plus shows is that they they just give us that much deeper connection to characters that we have loved and maybe only seen for a minute or two. And in those minutes or two, yeah, we might have got a, a red hot fire piece of action, but we didn't get to know the character as well. And so Kevin Feige said it best, you'll still be able to enjoy the Marvel movies without these shows, but the people that have seen the shows and the movies will go in with like a much a much larger consideration for the characters and their emotions, I think. All right. On to what you've all been waiting for. The Friday show, Culture Jack Podcast, Dustin Show of the Year. Here it comes. Are you ready? The best show of 2021 is Arcane. If you have not seen Arcane, you are doing yourself a dramatic disservice. This show was so freaking good. And it's based on the League of Legends license by Riot Games. But I didn't know anything about that. I didn't know anything about League of Legends. And this show still, as the kids say, slaps. It was fire. It was lit. It was... You know, in my 90s lingo, it was the bomb. It was sick. It was so freaking cool. And what was really cool about this show, I mean, 10 out of 10, this show is amazing. If you have not seen it, whether you are an animation fan or not, it is animated, but it is animated so well. Apparently, it's been five years in the making. The characters in this show. Now, I oftentimes give enormous and massive praise 
to the uh, to the show, the series, the manga, One Piece for its incredible world building. Like the the characters are great, sure, and they do have some incredible emotional arcs, but the world building that goes on in One Piece is second to none so far. This show, Arcane, could stand to rival that kind of world building, but what does not what what makes Arcane not just at the level of One Piece, but go beyond One Piece, is the world building is so top notch. At the same time, the character development is so well done. And it's not just done with one or two characters. There is a large ensemble of a cast here that all gets very direct attention to their specific plot and their specific story. And it goes one by one. And it really, there's no gaps. There's no holes. There's no crevice to fit any more story in because it's just so full and concentrated. Not to mention the action set pieces, the fight scenes, the way that they're so artistically set. I mean, it. the battle between Jinx and Echo on the bridge. And that's all I'll say. That's all I'll say to spoil this show. But you need to go out and watch Arcane. It's on Netflix right now. It's streaming. And that's why Arcane is the Friday show's show of the year of 2021. And I don't think there's going to be a show that rivals Arcane in 2022, but there are some good shows that I'm very much looking forward to coming out in 2022. Uh, The Lord of the Rings is getting a series, House of the Dragon, which is another Game of Thrones. So we've got these high fantasy shows all going in and on in tandem right now. Wheel of Time, Lord of Rings, House of of the Dragon. I'm so very excited. Over on Disney+, Plus, we've got the Obi-Wan Kenobi show coming out. Uh, Zootopia Plus is getting a series, which is based in the world of Zootopia. And I sometimes on these big, big licenses, especially when it comes to animated movies, when they announce a series or a show, I get a little hesitant. I get a little anxious because... Sometimes they don't do it so well. They d- the show does not stack up to the movie. I think that has been changing as of late, as evidenced by the Disney Plus Marvel shows. Uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender is getting a, a live action reboot, or is it live action or is it CG? Regardless, I'm interested in seeing it. More on the Star Wars front. We're getting Andor. We're getting Ahsoka. Uh, we're getting apparently a Moana TV series. The Rangers of the New Republic, it was on a list that I was looking at, but I'm not sure if it's going to be moving forward after Gina Carano's departure. Uh, Marvel is coming out with more bangers next year, or we can assume. Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Secret Invasion, Miss Marvel. Willow is getting a remake. I think it's getting a remade into a series. Like I said, Alice in Borderlands Season 2, the Cuphead show based on the incredibly difficult video game. If you have not played Cuphead, try it. It's going to be very tough. Army of the Dead, Lost Vegas, I can only assume, goes along with the other two armies of the deads. Cyberpunk Edge Runners, an anime based on the Cyberpunk 2077 uh, franchise. The Sandman, another comic book franchise coming to Netflix, more on Netflix, Stranger Things Season 4, Umbrella Academy Season 3, and Peacemaker on HBO Max. The Last of Us, adapted from the video game franchise. Interview with a Vampire is getting a series reboot, I think. If you saw the old uh, vampire, Interview with a Vampire, it had Brad Pitt, Tom Cruise. Halo's getting a series. And next year we're getting Boys, The Boys Season 3. 
I'm very excited for what next year has to hold for us as as far as uh, series and shows goes as well. Didn't mean to rhyme there, but I did it anyway. It's Christmas. Enjoy yourself a little holiday cheer. Enjoy my enjoy my little rhyme. Okay. Best games that I've played this year. This is our last category of the of the the Friday show awards. I guess we can call them uh, the games <clears throat> that I have played this year. There's not a lot of them. <laughs> and some of them aren't even 2021 titles just because I've been playing the same same games for a long time. I did play some good ones, though. Mario Party Superstars, a reboot of the not a reboot, but a remake of the classic Mario Party games in one nice little package. The Medium, Outriders, and 12 Minutes. And that's about it as far as like new games that I've played this year. Games I have not played this year but came out this year that I want to play are Deathloop, Metroid Dread, Resident Evil Village, Far Cry 6, Psychonauts 2, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. I heard this game was really good. I heard it did have a few bugs and glitches. However, I heard it also had an incredible story with an incredible amount of choice. Battlefield 2042, I didn't get a chance to play it, but I've heard some, well, never mind. I haven't heard good things about Battlefield 2042. I've heard that it was the lowest ranked Battlefield game in a long time, but it still looks really cool and really fun and I want to play it. Call of Duty Vanguard, not a huge priority for me, but I'd love to play it. Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I only played through Mass Effect 2. Death's Door, where you get to be that little raven. Riders Republic looks fun for a kind of, you know, snowboarding, biking, gliding kind of game. The Gunk and Lost in Random. Okay, this this reveal of my top three is going to maybe be a little anticlimactic because I have not played as many games. <clears throat> but starting out at my my number three is Fortnite. I've been playing a lot more Fortnite. I've been playing a lot more Fortnite than I have Apex Legends this year. And I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm getting better at building. Although at the same time, I, I'm thinking of several instances right now where my building skills directly cost me and my teammates a victory royale. But Fortnite's fun. It has all these updates that have all of these different properties coming into the universe. They have a good, cohesive story. And now, with the most recent chapter in season, they've got The Rock. So Dwayne Johnson's now in the Fortnite universe as well. Coming in at my number two game of 2021 is a little game called Neon Abyss. Now, I don't know if this game came out in 2021, but it's like a side-scroller, um, what are those kind of games that, oh, like a procedurally generated game. So the levels are different every time, and you have enemies, and you can get power-ups, and you take runs through bosses. A run will take you about 30 minutes, and then you do it again, and you try and get better power-ups. You try and recognize the power-ups that you haven't gotten and complete it. The faster you complete areas the more power-ups that you can get. And so it pays for you to move through areas quickly and also precisely. If you waste hearts, you can get less powerful power-ups. If you stay without being injured, then your, your power-ups will be more powerful. It's just a fun game. It is definitely a time sink. I don't even know if it has a story involved. I mean, I'm sure there's some lore to it somewhere. I could find a, a subreddit that has it on it, but Neon Abyss. 
check it out. It's a very cheap game or it's on Game Pass even if you have a, if you have an Xbox. Now, before I get into my last award of the of the show, I've got a couple runners up. Titanfall 2 is a game that I have been playing more this year than I have probably in the last couple years. It is a game that stands the test of time. And I recently heard that their servers were going to be taking offline sometime soon, which which really makes me sad, but I guess that's the nature of the thing. None of these games are going to last forever. I really am with Phil Spencer on this when I say we need to find some good long-term solutions to game preservation and conservation. I, 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 I truly believe that we do not want to let these, what they are, works of art, slip into the abyss of time. Uh, my second runner-up, and it would have been... Probably my number two or number three on the list uh, is It Takes Two. And It Takes Two won some awards at the Game Awards this year. I think it won Game of the Year, actually. Uh, amazing game. Um, it, incredibly insightful and well-thought-out game design, level design, character design, beautiful story. The gameplay mechanics were tight and good. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good game. To pick up and play with a friend, whether your your friend is sitting right next to you on the couch or, you know, they're 100 miles away and you can play it online with a headset. And all that brings me to my game of the year for 2021. The Friday show Culture Jack game of the year is Final Fantasy Tactics. <laughs> I'm doing the same thing that I did with Unico. And now that I've done with One Piece, I'm a menace to society. I should be locked up forever. No, my game of the year coming in at second place is Halo Infinite. Now, this one, it's it was so beleaguered and, and drugged through the mud last year when it did not launch after the reveal that was then chastised and, and persecuted and and made fun of on the Internet. And they put it back into development. We didn't think we were going to get it. But then they surprise dropped the multiplayer on us. Which, I mean, the multiplayer in and of itself brought back so many fun memories playing Halo that the nostalgia was worth it, worth it for me alone at that point. But then, but then, earlier on this month, we got the campaign. And I heard someone talking about this that, well, you know, the reason you like Halo Infinite and the, re the reason that it is doing so well here at the end of the year when it comes to all of these accolades and things is what's known as a recency bias, where this was the most recent thing that I played. And so obviously this one is the best thing. I mean, there's all kinds of biases, but this one affects what the last thing was that you did, saw, or played. And in this case, it was Halo Infinite. But to me... I don't think, like last year, Ori and the Will of the Wisps was my game of the year. This is a first-person shooter. This is unheard of for me because these, well, they're not my least favorite kind of game. That award goes to racing games. These ones are ones that rarely draw me in. But with the exception of Titanfall 2 because of its story primarily and Halo Infinite because of the gameplay mechanics, I have never experienced a first-person shooter that felt more like a, a sandbox, more like a playhouse than this game does. When you have the grapple, you can grapple up to the top of mountains. There was a bridge that was littered with enemies that I was ready to cross in the campaign, and I thought, wait a second, I have a grapple. What if I jumped off the cliff, to my certain demise from their perspective, 
and then grappled my way along underneath the bridge as it recharged, and I did, and I avoided the whole confrontation in its entirety. I didn't have to do that. Early on in the game, I assaulted a tower, and I beat everyone inside, and I came back outside, and I said, you know what? I think I'm going to try and scale the wall of that tower, and I did, and I scaled it, and it took what I felt like were some maybe game-breaking, maybe the the developers didn't intend for me to do it at that point, but maybe come back with a stronger grapple later. But I found enough ledges, enough ways to wedge myself in to get to the top of this tower. And when I did, there was a skull waiting there for me. Well, the skulls are kind of the Easter eggs of this game. So they knew I'd get up there, but I felt free. I felt free to do that. And that is what makes this game so good. And it makes Halo Infinite the Culture Jack Friday show Game of the Year for 2021. There are some games I'm looking forward to playing next year. Uh, Little Devil Inside is probably top of the list. I've, I've been looking at that game for so long, and I don't even think it's an Xbox game. It may come out on the PlayStation 4, though, in which case I'm in luck, because I have a PlayStation 4, but not a PlayStation 5. Anthony will have to invite me over to his house <laughs> if it is on PlayStation 5 only. Elden Ring. Starfield. Starfield's coming out end of next year in November. Pokemon Legends Arceus. Now, this one looks like where I feel like Pokemon games should have gone a long time ago into an open world environment. And I know it's still probably not to the level of something like Legend, uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 <laughs> or Breath of the Wild 1. Breath of the Wild 2 is next on my list. That's why I had to, I had to say it. But it does look more open than the other Pokemon games. Stalker 2, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League. We just saw some gameplay of that. Looks really good. Uh, Tiny Tina's Wonderland looks great for Spoken. Redfall, I'm still interested to see what that looks like, but I, apparently it's kind of an XCOM-style game, like a Mario versus Rabbids kind of game. Stray, the one about the cat. I'm very excited about that one for some reason. I'd, I'd love to just be a cool little little cat with a little backpack in a robot world. I mean, why not? Triangle Strategy looks like Final Fantasy Tactics. You know why? You know I'm into that. Uh, Tunic, a long delayed game that looks like a little Zelda Link to the Past kind of game, little Might and Magic, Sword and Shield kind of game, and then a first person shooter, Crossfire X, which I think is an Xbox exclusive. I'm looking forward to seeing what that's about too. Still no word on Perfect Dark though. Still no word Nintendo about Mario Strikers. Come on. Get me some action here. But that's my list. Those are my awards. So for 2021, we had some good stuff. We had some good media to consume, some good games, some good shows, some good movies, and some good goddamn anime. And so my movie of the year was Dune. My show of the year was Arcane. My anime of the year was One Piece with a second place <laughs> Jujutsu Kaisen. My game of the year was Final Fantasy Tactics with second place being Halo Infinite. And with that... It's, it's Christmas tomorrow, guys. You got to get tucked into bed or else Santa's not going to show up. If you did enjoy the show, please do us a favor. Leave a review, leave a like, leave a heart, leave an emoji that's like a little smiley or a winky face. Maybe that like half winky face, tongue out face. So I know you're a little playful, but you're really enjoying our stuff. We do have more shows than just this. Like I've been saying, tomorrow you get the Christmas present of on today's episode with Anthony. He talks about the season finale of Hawkeye. You are not going to want to miss it. <laughs> Did I do a good job pretending like I've already seen it? 
gosh, I can't wait. I'm very excited. If you are, if you are listening to future me, just know, no past me, just know that future me has seen it and he really enjoyed it. I mean, most likely if the trend of the show remains the same, no way they're going to drop the ball in the last episode. Then on Sunday, Anthony does a little thing he likes to call the weekend wire where he talks about Hollywood news, movies, television shows, stuff like that. Like I said, he gave us that great list about holiday movies that you and your family could enjoy. Then on Monday, he's got the Monday Madness show. One of these episodes of Monday Madness, he's going to talk about what his game and movie and show of the year are as well. I doubt he'll talk about anime of the year, but maybe he'll do documentary again because I know he likes to I know he likes to watch those. Um, what else do we have? <laughs> I just I just kind of blank because I was looking at my list that I that I remind you of my game of the year, Final Fantasy Tactics. But really, second place, Halo Infinite. I did. I must have. Then on Thursday, we've got the Culture Jack News Desk where I talk about video game news, uh, things going on in the video game industries, who's buying who, what developers are producing what, and what games are coming to who, and what controversies and scandals are going on in the gaming world. And then tune back in here again for the Friday show next week. On Friday, uh, I think the next Friday show is an episode where Anthony and I did get back together and we talked, shoot, about cancel culture. Is Culture Jack canceled? You'll have to tune in next week to find out. That's our show. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Culture Jack. If you'd like to send us an email with a suggestion for the show, I'm going too fast. I'm speeding up too quick. You can email us at culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com. I got a community over on Beams. If you get the Beams app, we can go talk. We can have a conversation about your game of the year, your movie of the year, your show of the year. And if you like anime, we can talk about that too. But that's all I have, folks. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas, a very Happy Holiday, and a very wonderful New Year. We'll see ya next week. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs>